and welcome to CausePods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CausePods, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes and make the world a better place, whether it's in their own local community or they're taking on global issues. Please visit us at causepods.org where you can learn about our guest show, their favorite charitable cause, join our Facebook group with resources for cause-based podcasters, and find a link where you yourself could be a guest here on CausePods. Again, that's all at causepods.org. All right, folks, we're going to take you out to Minnesota today, and we are going to be speaking with a guest who has not one, not two, but three podcasts. Yes, there are people out there who put out more than two podcasts in the world, and not all of them are going to be the core focus, but I think we're going to get a little bit of everything today on the show. We are chatting with Tony Lloyd. He hosts Social Entrepreneur. He hosts Thrive Connect Contribute, and he hosts the Anti-Racist Voter Podcast, and you can find a link to all those shows at Tony Lloyd. Dot com And as per usual, we'll put links to those shows in the show notes of this episode and on the website. Tony, thank you so much for joining us here on CausePods. Oh, Matthew, it's an honor to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So, Tony, why do you put yourself through hell and do three shows? What is up with that? I think a little bit of, uh, because I'm crazy. I started Social Entrepreneur. I say we tell positive stories from underrepresented voices focused on solutions, right? So so positive stories, I, I if I wanted to find a negative story, <laughs> I could open any device, uh, audio, video, uh, written, whatever, and I am just going to find some people screaming at each other, right? So positive stories from underrepresented voices. So we tend to, to focus on women, black, indigenous uh, people of color, LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, because those are the people who really are the hustlers in life, the ones who've had to overcome the most to do the things that they're doing, and then focused on solutions. So we talk to people who are focused on solving some of the biggest, most intractable issues of our time. So the sustainable development goals, if you will. So I started that and I was running it for a period of time. And then at the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019, I was suffering a lot of burnout, a lot of you know anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. So in 2019, I backed off the podcast for a while and I did this ex- personal experiment that I called my year of personal bests. And at the end of that, I looked back at uh, 2019 and I said, what just happened, right? (laughs) I did this crazy, crazy thing, and I could describe that for you if you want, but, but I had this really big personal breakthrough year in 2019. And so I started thinking about this idea about thriving in life, connecting with others, and contributing to the world. And that seems to be the purpose of life, right? We're here to connect with others and contribute to the world. But before we can do that, we have to practice self-care. So I was going to launch a podcast in that direction, and then a pandemic came along. And I thought, you know what? Let's talk to people in who, in the past, they have found ways to be resilient, in the face of adversity. And so in March of 2020, I launched the second podcast called Thrive Connect Contribute. And it has to do with just, you know, finding resilience in the face of of adversity and finding ways to thrive in life, connect with others and contribute to the world no matter what. And so I'm jogging along merrily now producing two podcasts when, you know, as you said, right at the beginning, I live in Minnesota and George Floyd was murdered right here in in my hometown. And so there was something about that that just said, you know what, you're not doing enough. 
that yes, that you stand against racism, yes, that you are, air quotes here now, not a racist. Well, one would hope I'm not a racist. And yet, it's not enough to not be a racist, right? It is a calling of our time to be an anti-racist. So I wasn't going to launch a third podcast, but a friend of mine from high school called me out on social media and just said, okay, big boy, you're complaining about this. You have a platform. You have an audience. What are you going to do about it? I was like, oh, man, (laughs) I don't want to launch a third podcast. But my wife really came up with this idea about creating a resource online where people could figure out, am I registered to vote? Uh, can't, you know, if I'm not registered to vote, how do I do that? Uh, do, how do I check my registration to see whether or not I'm registered to vote? And then how do I vote even before the election date comes? How do I do absentee voting, mail-in voting, et cetera? So we were creating this resource. And then with that resource, we created a podcast and we're interviewing community members and people running for office and et cetera, et cetera, about how to dismantle systemic racism. So, you know, that that's a big, long explanation to explain how I got to be this crazy. That's really what that is all about. Less focus now on the podcast and more just on you. Based on everything that you're doing, some might say that you are, and some say this disparagingly, I do not, but some might say that you are a bit of a social justice warrior, right? That you are on the front lines and it's not enough to just not be a bad person. You want to actively be a good person and stop other people from, you know, being racist or sexist or homophobic, whatever that might look like. Where does that drive in you come from? Have you always been that way? Did something change as you got older? Did something happen? I'm, I'm curious why this is your focus in life overall. So I would say there's a concept called post-traumatic growth, right? So that we've all heard of PTSD, right? That, that post-traumatic stress disorder. But there's another concept called post-traumatic traumatic growth, that something traumatic happens to us, and suddenly we wake up to life is not going to last forever. I am here for a limited period of time. The relationships I have are critical. Uh, I have strengths within me that I didn't know I had. And I have to just, if I'm going to live this life, I have to make the biggest impact I possibly can. And so when I was 14 years old, I had a near drowning accident. And from that point until today, I have had this Uh, I would say this insight um, into the fact that I, not theoretically, I am going to die someday, but I am going to die. It is going to happen. We only have a short amount of time here on earth. Now, from the time I'm 14 until today, that's a whole lot of years, right? You know, I'm 61 years old uh, right now. And so I've been through a whole lot of years and I've had lots and lots of opportunities. So it's always been on my mind, what am I doing to leave behind me you know, a legacy of love. We often think about what can we accumulate in life? What can I get? What's the, you know, what are the experiences I can have? What is the stuff I can gather, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How I can be the most comfortable I can be. For me, the real question is, what can I leave behind? And the only thing you can leave behind is the love that you brought into the world. And so that's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to find a way to leave love. And, and I'll just say this one more thing very briefly, that you know, I have this concept in my mind about what Christianity is all about. And I think if I were to say to, you know, 
10 of my friends, nine of them would be surprised to hear me describe myself as a Christian because, you know, I don't fit the mold. I'm not exactly what one would think of as that. But what I love about Christianity and about the message of Jesus is the kingdom of God is within you. You are the kingdom of God here on earth. You are here to bring about on the earth the thing that that we hope to have in heaven. How do we bring more of heaven here to earth? And so that is that is part of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to live a life of love and mission with whatever tools I have available to me. I think that's a fantastic way to live and a fantastic viewpoint. And I admire your drive to want to, you know, have such a positive impact on the world and make the world such a, a great place. So let's go all the way back now to the beginning of the Social Entrepreneur Podcast. So why did you even start with this idea of highlighting entrepreneurial folks who are, you know, specifically, fo- I mean, basically you were doing the version of cause pods, but specifically for people in the business world. And so I guess my question is like, what was the drive that made you want to highlight these folks, focus on what they're doing, and then specifically, what made you want to do a podcast? I'll start with this, Matthew. I have a business background. So I was a Fortune 500 executive. I've been a you know manager, director, vice president for some of the biggest brands on earth. And so through the years, I developed some core skills and some ability to work in business. And then coming out of that, I took early retirement when 2014, I walked away from my career and just said, I have to go do more impact work. And so I was looking around for a connection to say, how do I how do I make a big difference? And, you know, my first instinct is like most people to start a nonprofit. And so, you know, I'm thinking, well, I don't know anything about nonprofits and I don't know how all this works. And so that's a business model in my head that you go and ask friends for money and they give you money and then you go do something cool. But I didn't love that model. You know, there's something there's something about that idea of you know, let's say I come and ask you for money and say, I'm going to go feed a hungry kid and you give me money and I go feed a hungry kid and I come back the next month and I go, hey, can you give me some more money because the kid's still hungry? And so there's something about that model that was bugging me. So I started learning about this idea about social entrepreneurs. And so they make a dollar and a difference. They they make money, but the money goes towards a mission. And I could give you several examples here in a minute if you want, and I won't do it right now, but but as I learned about them, I had an opportunity through the University of Minnesota, and they have a program called ACARA. And so I met a lot of these young social entrepreneurs, and then I began to mentor several of them. And as I'm talking to them, I'm helping them work their way through the startup journey. And as they're developing their story, I go, these are really good stories, man. I would listen to this. You know, this is really a good story. So so I started collecting these stories, and then I began sharing those stories. And that's really beginning of the Social Entrepreneur Podcast. You have a very extensive background in business and, and all the roles you've had at Fortune 500. Did you have a media background at all? Like, what was your learning curve for launching a podcast? No, no. Uh, it's interesting that 
I was I, I was looking for ways to share these stories. Eventually, I wrote a book about it, and I've done other things. You know, I've done video. And Matthew, you're probably like me. You have listened to all the gurus in the world, and every 15 minutes, there's a new way to do things, right? So there's you know live streaming right now, and that you know there's groups in live streaming that you can open a room, and then you can do this, you know. And there's there were webinars, and there's you know blogging, and you know there's like. 50,000 ways to to share these stories. And I happened to land on podcasts just simply because I listened to a lot of podcasts. And there's a magazine, I think it's based out of Australia, and it's called Founder Magazine, F-O-U-N-D-R, Founder Magazine. And so I was collecting these stories and I was beginning to think about launching a podcast. And so I was out for a run, and I was listening in my uh, earbuds to Founder Magazine. They have a a podcast. And so I was listening to their podcast, and they're very successful. They have millions of downloads. They sell lots and lots of magazines. You know, Richard Branson was one of their first cover articles. I mean, you know, these people are really rocking it as far as media, you know, magazines and podcasts, et cetera. And the host of the show said, you know, the number one question that we get from our listeners, and I'm out for a run and I'm listening to this story, right? And he goes, the number one question we get from our listeners is, could you tell us more about social entrepreneurs? And he said, that's kind of not our thing, but somebody should do that. And I like stopped in the middle of my run. Like my mouth came open. I went, oh my God, I'm about to do this. <laughs> and so I ran home and like published my first three episodes. Boom, done. And and I will tell you, Matthew, you, you, you'll probably get this, is I wasn't that good at it, right? <laughs> and, and over time, if I listen to my first episode, it is just cringeworthy, right? But over time, I've gotten better at telling the stories. I've gotten better at processes to make it better and more efficient. But these are amazing stories of people who are making an impact. And, it, and podcasting is just one way that you can share it. And just one more thing about podcasting, I love that you record and then you can edit. You know, my least favorite thing to do, and I'm having to hold a gun to my my head and make myself do it, is doing live videos. I really hate doing live videos because I want to be able to edit at the end. But podcast, you can listen, you can talk, you can share, you can misstep, the guest can misstep, and then you go back in and you can edit and then share it share it out in a better manner. Well, I'm glad then we didn't decide to live stream this episode as, as something we are thinking about doing in the future. Uh, a lot of lot of great stuff in there to unpack. I, I guess I want to go to you know what you said towards the end there, which is the first three episodes were terrible. And you're right. You know, most of the time it, it's it is rare that somebody jumps into broadcasting, podcasting, video streaming, any of this media creation, and is good at it from the get go. And so I, I suppose what I'd want to ask you and, and what would be good advice for other people listening is how did you get over that? How did you overcome that? Was it, what did it take for you to keep going after hearing those first three and thinking, Oh, these are bad. You know, when I was in my corporate life, we did a lot of really big projects. And one of them I did was an internal startup. So I was an intrapreneur in one of the companies that I was in and we launched something and it was about, uh, you know, it was about 1998 
And so this is right when the dot-com bubble is starting to grow. And so I really immersed myself in this world of startups back then. And then over the years, I you know did internal startups, and I've also helped launch external startups. But the one of the key lessons learned was think big, start small, build fast. Think big, start small, build fast. And so it helps you to get past perfection, right? Excellence and perfection are two different things. You can be excellent and not perfect. And then the other thing that really helped me to go was I asked some of the biggest names in my space, you know, Bill Drayton from Ashoka, uh, Cheryl Dorsey from Echoing Green. And maybe within your world, you may not know these people, but within my space, these are the rock stars. And I asked them to be on the show and they said yes. And so it's like, okay, you know, if they're willing to give me a shot, then maybe I'm willing to give me a shot. I interviewed some real rock stars at the very beginning, and they kind of carried the show because I didn't have to do all the lifting. I just had to create the context in which all the content would drop. Love that. Love that. And so I, I want to talk a little bit more about your work in, as I sort of described it earlier, as a social justice warrior, right? You did the social entrepreneur, which is just a great thing to find folks who are making a positive impact on the world and still able to make a good living, create a business, create venture out of that. You know, we're obviously seeing a lot more of that in the world today, which is fantastic. You do the Thrive Connect Contribute. And then, right, the pandemic hits, the George Floyd incident, you know, just rattles the entire country and even the world to its core and wakes us up to really what is a systemic problem in law enforcement and other systems across the, the, the world. And so you go ahead and you launch the anti-racist voter. What was that show all about, right? What are you trying to do there? What's the mission on that one? So we're trying to talk about who are the people, what are the policies that can help dismantle systemic racism? You know, so one of the things that I realized right away is one, I am a 61-year-old white male, so this could not be focused on me, right? I, I had to interview other people who are experts in their field. And then we said, okay, what are the categories of things that we want to talk about? And so, you know, based on some work that the NAACP had done, I took some categories that they were working in and I reworked them a little bit for the show. And so things like criminal justice economic justice, education, environmental justice, immigration, uh, healthcare, uh, housing, and then voting rights. And so those are the categories of things I want to talk about. So then I started reaching out to people who are either running for office and they're saying, these are the things that are important to me and this is how I will, you know, tip the tip the, uh, I'll bring a tipping point on this issue, or people who are like, you know, I talked to somebody from LSU who is an expert, and she's spent her whole life studying in an academic way. That's the word I'm looking for. So I found someone at LSU who had an academic background who was looking at this and looking at the data, you know, so these are the kinds of people that I reached out to to be interviewed. So one, it couldn't focus on me. Two, it had to focus on the people and the works. And then the third thing that I made up my mind to do was to find people of color, you know, black, indigenous people of color 
to interview because it's fairly easy to find a white academic to talk about these things, but then it's white people talking to white people about black people. And that kind of didn't work for me. So, you know, I've made the screening filter very narrow, which has made it difficult, actually, to produce podcast episodes. The other thing is that, you know, because I am a 61-year-old white male, and I haven't experienced some of the challenges that these folks are up against, I've had to spend a lot of time doing background interviews with people to say, who should I be connecting with? Can you make a referral? How do we connect with them? So it's been it's been a big challenge. I will tell you, it has not been easy to produce that podcast, but it doesn't matter because my challenge is, you know, it's all first world problems, right? It is all just problems that I am having as a, you know, well-to-do 61-year-old white male, which is nothing compared to the kinds of challenges that I'm talking to people about. Well, and you know, one of the things that I, I love about your website and about what you're doing is, I mean, one, obviously that's a great topic for a show and a great way to use your platform, use your privilege to tell these stories, you know, help to exact some change, give people a platform. But even when we go to the TonyLloyd.com website, you have a specific tab for BIPOC voices, black, indigenous, and people of color guests so that you're not just putting them on the one show and saying, ah, this is where you belong, right? You are highlighting where they have come to place on all of the content that you create and giving them this extra spotlight, which is probably something that more of us could be doing and should be doing to help highlight, like I said, put a spotlight on some of the great things that you know folks are doing out there. You're right. I mean, I made a concerted effort from the beginning. I said, you know, we tell positive stories from underrepresented voices. So I made a concerted effort from the beginning to highlight voices that maybe hadn't gotten the spotlight in the past. You know, if you think about what is my role right now, it's kind of like, you know, as a 61-year-old white male, I won, right? I won the zip code lottery. I won the gender lottery. I won the race lottery. You know, it's like I have all the advantages and privileges in the world. So I don't need a heck of a lot more attention. So I still am like, like people look at me and they go, oh, you know, you're, you're this entrepreneur, you're a Fortune 500 executive, you know, it, well, that's, it's not about me, right? So when that light comes to me, my role is to reflect that light to others who haven't had the opportunity to share that voice. And so, you know, I'm doing my best to swing that spotlight away from me and to give it to those who haven't had the spotlight in the past. Well, and I think what you said right there is what we all should be thinking about is it's it's not that you have to get it absolutely right. It's just that you have to do your best. You have to make a, take a little bit of effort, right? Put a little bit more into it and just do your best. So as part of all the work that you do, you wanted to highlight Second Harvest as your charity here. For the folks who don't know, what is Second Harvest and why is this a organization that's so important to you? You know, I think that uh, just simply food bank, right? Let's just make this very simple. You, you could you could make it a very complicated explanation of what Second Harvest is, but it's all about getting food to those who don't have access to food. And so Second Harvest does a great job there. You know, if I got in my car and I drove about five blocks away, I would find this big Second Harvest, you know, food bank where they are bringing in food and they're sorting it out. But, 
you know, hunger has always been an issue for me. I'm a runner, so I eat like a maniac. <laughs> I'm constantly hungry. I'm constantly in the cabinet rooting around. But there's never a lack of supplies there. As a young man, you know, I have known what it was like to have, let's not just say I was I was in hunger, but to have food insecurity, to feel a little anxious about where is that food coming from. I was a very young father, so I know what it's like to be scrambling around and try to find enough food to feed your kids and to keep everything going on the table. So food has always been a thing for me. And it just seems like such a a fundamental right to be able to just have a meal because here's what happens. When a kid is hungry and they go to school, they can't pay attention. When they can't pay attention, they can't learn. When they can't learn, then they can't grow and, and get better jobs and do more, which brings them back around to trap them back in poverty. So one of the ways that we unlock that, that multi-generational poverty by providing healthy meals to young kids. Well, I don't think you can ask for a better, more important cause than to make sure that no kid goes hungry. And yeah, to your point about what hunger does to a kid, my mother-in-law is very focused on what she calls the whole child. And right, how can a kid learn if they're hungry, if their situation at home is unstable, if to what we talked about earlier, they're feeling pressures of institutional and possibly systemic racism, right? They're, They're not being talked at at a level that is you know that they understand or that reflects the society that they grew up in and so i think that's a a great way to give back and to support you know the next generation to you know make sure that everybody has a chance to thrive and succeed so hopefully the kids that you're you know able to support and donate to will then go on to be future guests on the social entrepreneur show very good well tony before we let you go since you have three shows now and you've been doing this for a little while now, somebody who is listening to this, who is thinking about launching a podcast, who is thinking about how they can use this platform to make a a difference in the world. What would be your advice to them as far as how to get started or, you know, some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things to do right up front is to figure out what is your distinct point of view. Right. So let's say that I care about, you know, health or safety or, you know, employment or housing or social connections or recreation or education, transportation, whatever, whatever that topic is. What is your unique point of view? So what is it that you bring? So what are your what are your passion points? Right. What are the things that intersect between you and that thing? And then what gets under your skin about this? Right. What is the thing that is so getting to you? And then how do you take people on a journey where you don't have to be the expert? In podcasting, you can be learning and be just one step in front of somebody else. You know, one of the big mistakes I think that a lot of people make is we have this influencer. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers here. So for your listeners who can't see my air quotes, we have this influencer society, right? We believe that people have to be, you know, five miles in front of us. They have to be the best at whatever it is. If I'm going to talk about fitness, I have to be the most fit person that's ever been. You know who really attracts fitness listeners? It's people who are like one step in front of the person that is trying to become fit. If you are just one step down the road, you are bringing people along with you. So you don't have to know everything, 
but figure out what that thing is that brings a burning passion in you, and then think about your unique point of view, and then think about how you can learn and be the learner along with your audience. That is fantastic advice, not just for podcasting, but truly for a lot of things that we could be doing and a lot of content that we could be creating. And we always talk about, you know, using this as a platform of discovery and curiosity. And so, right, you don't have to be the expert. You can just take us all on a journey as you're learning along with you. So I think that's, that's great advice. We've been chatting with Tony Lloyd. He is the host of Social Entrepreneur, Thrive, Connect, Contribute, Anti-Racist Voter. All three of those shows we'll have links to here in the show notes and on the website at causepods.org. We will also put a link to Second Harvest. That is the organization that makes sure that folks in the community have a meal. Do not get, do not go hungry. And by the way, if you want to follow Tony, we will also have links to his Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, the whole works, but it's Tony Lloyd, just one L in Lloyd, Tony Lloyd on all the, all the networks there. And again, links in the show notes, links on the website. Tony, thanks again for joining us here on cause pods. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for listening to this episode of cause pods. If you've been inspired by the work of our guest, Please check out the show notes to this episode in your podcasting app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their show, their website, their podcast links on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as a link to support the charity that they highlighted here in this episode. You will also find at causepods.org a way to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcasting app, how to sign up to be a guest on this show, and a link to our Facebook group, which is going to have special resources just for the folks who are podcasting for a good cause. And I can tell you right now, we've got one great deal from our friends at PodPage, but you're only going to learn about it and get that special deal if you are a member of the Facebook group for Cause Pods. And before I go, I should say thank you in particular. The show is edited and produced by Ben Kiloy of the Military Veteran Dads Podcast. And what a great job he has done. And all this is made possible because of the great support that I receive from Shannon Rojas here at thepodcastconsultant.com. Once again, if you want to learn more, go to causepods.org. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on Cause Pods. Mm-hmm.